Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. What's up, Giants fans? Welcome to another episode of Giants Talk. I'm Cole Kuyper here with Giants insider Alex Pavlovich. We're going to break down the final home series of the year for you today on Giants Talk. But even more importantly, Alex got to sit down with the Brandons, Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford, and have a fantastic interview as we wrap up what might be the final year of the Brandons together on the San Francisco Giants. Before we go any further, though, Giants Talk is presented by Wendy's. Wendy's Pretzel Bacon Pub Cheeseburger is back. Dive into a bite packed with warm, savory beer cheese, applewood smoked bacon, crispy fried onions, and hot and juicy beef, all perfectly paired with a Dr. Pepper. Available at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time. So the final home game for the Giants this year ended in exciting fashion. Took it to extra innings. Pavlovich runner came home and the Giants got to walk off on the back of David Villar. Um, and then cooler than anything, I guess, was uh, handing those baseballs out on Fan Appreciation Day. Uh, it seemed like the the home crowd was very in it. And I don't know what the game plan was if they had lost that game. I don't know if they were still handing those baseballs out. They do. But, uh, yeah, this was yeah. – No, they've done better. that. This was better. This is pretty standard, uh, you know, manager speech at the end and yeah, um, baseballs being thrown. So – um yeah nobody stood out this year i mean in the past we've seen guys trying to launch them out of the stadium but pretty standard uh post post final home game today i think yes yes uh gabe did say from the field uh that the giants will be coming back stronger than ever next year and they promised to make us proud so we're gonna hold him to that alex stronger than ever that means 108 wins because 107 wins was strong yeah i guess I guess they plan to be good next year. So I don't, I don't know. These end of season things are always funny to me. It's like, okay, okay. You guys want to be good next year? Yeah. No, I, I don't blame Breaking him. News. What's he supposed to say on the field? But uh, I always laugh when we start getting those letters from, you know, team president and things like that. Um, I, I think more than anything, this off season it is like, this is a show me off season more than anyone I can remember, you know, like it, it's, uh, I feel like, it was a good crowd today, but I mean, pretty small crowds throughout the week. I, I don't blame people at all. I mean, this is really, we'll be there in a week. We'll be in the off season in a few days. Um, but yeah, this is like a, you can say whatever you want on the final home game. And, and uh, you know, at some point this week, I think Farhan will, will address the media as well, but this is a show me off season. Like this is not a come home with a Mitch Hanniger and um, no offense to Mitch Hanniger. <laughs> he would be great. He'd be a great fit, but yeah, this is not a Mitch Hanniger and a number four starter offseason. The team's going to have to go big, and I feel like they know they're going to have to go big. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm already gearing up for the backlash from fans when they get one big name guy and maybe don't end up with the grand prize everyone would like. But we'll talk about that down the road when and if it happens. Uh this past series did mark the Giants officially being eliminated from playoff contention. I don't think anyone seriously thought the Giants were going to be in the playoffs, but it was fun to joke and meme about down the stretch. Uh, despite that, they're above 500 now. So that's that's yeah. a good thing. Um, it would take a disastrous final series to, to not be at 500. I'm not going to lie. I was one day away from looking at hotel rooms in St. Louis. 
because we you start you know i know this is like in theory people do the probabilities and they're like every game is a coin flip right but i i don't view every game as a coin flip like you you the way they were playing over the last week and um having two more against the diamondbacks and then a padres team that you kind of anticipated was going to be preparing for the postseason at that point like you it wasn't a stretch to after friday night be like could the giants win their next five games and then you just watch the way the phillies played like they got blown out saturday morning before the giants took the field and we've seen what milwaukee has done the last few days so it was interesting i mean i you know that the math is the math and at one point um after friday is when there's some analytics people who sit in the press box and giants employees and i heard one of them ask another one like what what are we at like 0.2 percent chance and he was like oh way lower than that but it so if it, it, it was like impossible but it i don't know when you're watching those games and you're watching the phillies and you're like yeah i could see the phillies losing out so um absolutely ultimately i think they end up winning their next two games and the giants lost on saturday but it didn't feel like a one in you know thirty six thousand or whatever it was yeah, it felt like one in a hundred, maybe to me, like a long shot, but not long enough that I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. Plus, I, I think Saturday, you, you know, you go to the park and you're like, the Giants have, um, they have another game against the Diamondbacks. The Phillies have two today. They're playing terribly. So it was like coming into that day, they needed 16 results out of 16 to go their way. And the first one did. So you're like, you win today. The I think Milwaukee ended up losing that night i don't remember but they've they've lost a bunch of games recently so it'll be interesting to look back in like four days and, and be like out of those 16 results they needed what ended up yeah happening because i think it'll it? be like 10 or 11 so but okay yeah i think you know as alex Cobb said the other night like they should have played better two months ago so yeah but That's- it was an interesting little 48 hours there maybe as Carlos Rodon said weeks ago, hey, we might as well play better. We might as well make right. playoffs. What else are you going to do? <laughs> well, our other oh, thing we were hoping for on this podcast beyond a long shot Giants playoff situation was the Giants getting to play spoiler in San Diego. That's off the table as well as the Padres clinched under no control of their own. Yeah. Um, that's always, I always chuckle when that happens in baseball when you've got to kind of do the, the half hearted celebratory uh we lost but we uh we're going to the playoffs now move i think it did happen right before they took the field so it was one of those like all right yeah you know how fast can we get through nine innings and get get to the champagne playing on house money today so good for them it's going to be an easygoing final series in san diego um logan webb was shut down once the giants officially clinched how do you feel about that because i get that it's the smart move but still kind of annoys me i wouldn't have hated him starting sunday's game which was his scheduled start and you know throwing three innings three and two-thirds innings coming out you know it was a big crowd here today it was a good crowd let him get one last ovation um i i feel for the and i heard from a lot of fans uh on saturday night who were like i'm going to tomorrow's game and i wanted to watch logan webb pitch so um I, I understand that part of it. At the same time, like there's absolutely zero upside for the Giants or Webb. Like he's not going to throw. What is it? He needs eight innings about to reach 200. Like he's not going to do that. It's been a long season for him. He's made 32 starts. He probably will start opening day next year. So um, it made all the sense in the world. But yeah, it's, it is like a bummer when you get to this point and 
and uh we remember what happened you know it's just kind of a it was a sign of how much has changed like remember he started the final home game last season and that was yeah. as big a party as we've seen here in the last five six years um yeah. so this year it was just like sorry I, it, it is a bummer but i think it was 100 percent the right move yes on, on paper and baseball wise it does make sense as the right move but you know i think about those fans who wanted to be there on sunday and then Think about all the seasons the Giants weren't in playoff contention at any point in the year. And, you know, their players played the whole season out. It is what it is. He's pitched way more innings this year than expected. I've seen, um, and to be fair, I think I've seen guys shut down in like, I've covered seasons where guys in like late August, early September were like, okay, it's surgery time. So. Did we end up getting a uh, Logan Webb at bat this year like we liked it? We didn't get any, right? No yeah, that's a bat. huge bummer, let alone a hit like I predicted before the year. Not even a yeah. chance for a hit. We didn't do too well on our bold predictions. No. Well, uh, once the season's officially <laughs> over, we can tally that. But if we got one, I think I'm going to pop the champagne myself over here. Um, Jacob Junis also shut down, not on the big league roster, option to AAA. And then Tommy Listella, done for the year. Much to the celebration of many Giants fans, <laughs> I know. This is something that people have been begging for almost as much as an Aaron Judge signing. Um, to the point where it almost seems like it's becoming cruel. But yeah. uh, it is what it is. I guess that's the nature of being a sports fan. I think you and I have talked about this. And um, I I just don't really see a path forward for him on yes. this roster. Um, especially in a world with shift rules. Like he could not play the infield really this year even when they were able to protect him a little bit and I, I don't know that you know a good version of the 2023 Giants has Tommy Listella slated for a ton of time as your is your left-handed hitting first baseman or your left-handed hitting DH um, yeah. I'd rather have Wade at first I would rather have Jock Peterson back as that DH option so uh, it's it's a tough one because he is owed 11 and a half million dollars so that's that's a you know that was a big check to, to, to rip up. Um, but you know, I, the interesting thing is like, he's, he's not here right now. I, they, they sent him home for the winter already. And, and Gabe Kapler said today, you know, we hope he, he gets healthy and, um, is a little bit more athletic next year. All I will say is like, you know, one thing we have found out recently, and I, I don't think this has even really been reported too much, but he had surgery on both legs in the off season. So, it wasn't just the one minor Achilles thing he had done. Like he's the guy who's coming off two Achilles surgeries it's... and is getting up there in age. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one moving forward. I, I, I think at some point they're probably just going to have to bite the bullet on that one. Yeah. That's kind of my prediction too. I mean, the Farhan and the team know better than anyone all about some cost fallacy and managing this uh, financial situation, but it seems like it's, it's just worth eating the, absurd amount of money of 11 million dollars i can really really wrap my head around just blowing that but i get it it was backloaded so it was uh yeah i mean you could look at it from like a tax perspective and say it was six million a year so just it's maybe it's go. not 11.5 you're just you're just burning six million there we go and then we should talk about today the big willie mack award ceremony um not a big surprise to either of us that Wilmer Flores brought no. the award home. We've heard so much from the Giants clubhouse this year about how Flo is the most popular guy. He's kind of a bridge between different sections of the clubhouse. He's a consummate professional showing up every day, taking great swings, just 
living and breathing San Francisco. Plus, he's made it clear how much he loves his time yeah. in the orange and black. Uh, so really cool to see Wilmer Flores out there catching the opening pitch from his dad, sharing the field with all of those former Willie Mack Award winners, including Madison Bumgarner, yeah. getting a big round of applause from Giants fans. Um, yeah, awesome little ceremony. And Willie Mack Award Day is always a, a fun little niche San Francisco Giant Day I look forward to. It was, I think, a very easy choice probably for the guys in that clubhouse. Um, and we've talked about this before. We talked about it when he got the contract. Like, not just an important player for them on the field, but um, really is is they start to move into an era likely without Brandon Belt, possibly without Evan Longoria, at some point without Brandon Crawford. Buster's gone. Um, there's going to be some guys who have to step up as leaders. And I, I think Logan Webb will be one. I think Wilmer already is one. Joey Bart potentially, but Wilmer is is very popular in that clubhouse. So an easy choice. I got a question for you. Madison Bumgarner's round of applause was awesome. So he he had to like almost calm the crowd down and say, let's get this ceremony moving back up again. What are the odds you think we ever see him in a Giants hat again? What's lower than zero? I don't... Well, I, I would love to think when his career's winding down, they could trade for him for like, one final last hurrah, like a Pujols type situation. Can he do the uh, Ryan Vogel song, like last day, take the mound thing that he did? Because that's about your only shot, I think. Exactly. Um, I'll take that. That's all I want. I love the guy. He has not been very good this year. And speaking of being shut down, like the Diamondbacks shut him down, not for health, but because they want to look at young pitchers. And we've seen some of those young pitchers and they're, kind of intriguing so i mean speaking of like biting the bullet on a contract like that might be one that happens over the off season and i will just say i would not be surprised if whenever that happens if Bumgarner just goes to north carolina and um you know we maybe see him once in the next 10 years wow so, yeah i get that i mean what is he owed next year almost 20 million he's owed something like i think 37 38 million over the next two years so Oof. Yeah, I don't know if they'll, you know, I, teams usually, especially with the pitcher, will say, let's hope you can come in next spring and and we need you. Um, but, yeah, that one I think is pretty, pretty close to the end of the road probably. Yeah, that, that is a shame. He was such a huge part of Giants and even just NL West lore with his yeah. epic games against the, uh, against the Dodgers and ending up with another NL West team. Shame to see Madbum go out that way. I'm holding out, though, that we'll get some sort of reunion with the San Francisco Giants. And then you brought this up earlier. I'll give you another chance to get on your soapbox about it if you'd like to. Um, Alex, how do we feel about attendance this year? It's not a soapbox, I don't think. I think it's just a fact. I mean, they're going to draw two point. They're going to be under two point five million for the first time at Oracle Park. And, um, you know, other than 2020 and 2021, which were not you know, seasons where you could have full attendance. So I don't think there's any lecturing anybody other. I think it's a pretty obvious point too, that just like, look, it's a team without a lot of stars and a team that didn't play very good baseball this year. And the ballpark experience is maybe not what it has been in the past. I mean, if people have questions about that, go read my tweet and go read the responses from people underneath yeah. who are, are salty about. Um, and I joked about chicken tenders, like, it, I'm dead serious. The chicken tenders are half the size they were last year. So, and then you go to Petco and see how incredible the food is yeah, there I, and the fan experience yeah. is there. 
I mean, it is what it is. Like, it's just a fact. Like I, I love this ballpark and I, um, it's a great place to have beer office, but it, I think some things have slipped and I think fans have reacted to that and look 2.48 or whatever is still going to be top 10, top 12. And in major league baseball, it's over a million behind the Dodgers. It's going to be half a million behind the Padres in, in terms of fans. And I mean, that matters. You think about how much each person spends at a game. If you're a million fans per year behind the Dodgers and, and half a million behind the Padres. Um, yeah, I think it, it's and I, I don't ever I know some people last year when I was tweeting about it thought I was blaming fans I, I never do I think uh um you know it's the product is not what they expected so yeah. so it, it is what it is and that's even again why say, this like, offseason's a big offseason I've the this year was one of my years where I went to my fewest number of games as a fan I obviously went to many games to work but aside from that be it how I don't really feel like going on public transportation right now with uh, with COVID still floating around. Parking has been kind of a nightmare at the ballpark. And then plus just not playing like I want to see a baseball team play. It was a perfect storm of of reasons why not to go to baseball yeah. games. And I think you go back to what we started with. Like it's, you know, it's I think it's tough when fans come here and, and uh, it might be the right way to win a game. I think it's tough when you come here and you're hoping to see Logan Webb or Carlos Rodon or even one of the Alex's that, you know, or somebody like that. And and you see seven different pitchers. So yeah, you see John um, Brevia to start a game. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, yeah. I, again, I just think that goes back to why the off season is so important for them to kind of build, build some momentum back. And yeah, I know the giants will say that there was a lockout and that impacted us. I would counter with you won 107 games last year. Like you should not have had a lockout should not have put you in a tough spot. Yeah, yeah, you had so much fan goodwill going into this yeah. season. It should have been a layup. And I also think we saw today, I mean, it's been great crowds that have been here. The people who are here are into it. Friday night crowds all year have been unbelievable. Like, people want to be here. People want to like this team. I just think you need to give them more reasons to to, uh, to come back. Look, they're getting a new speaker system this offseason. So that'll, that'll help. Here we go. So, That's all we needed. That's all we needed. You're, you're going to give a shout out to the Friday night crowds. Hey, Tuesday night crowds. You're my people. Love you guys. The city connect people. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. The true fans, the true Shocker. fans. All right. Speaking of city connects giants are heading to San Diego to finish the year off. Um, 500 still very much in play. The giants need to what only one win from here on out yeah. takes them to 500. <laughs> a sweep would put them below 500. So it's looking good for the Giants. I don't want to jinx anything too soon, but I can't imagine the Padres are going to be uh, going too hardcore as they start to get into playoff mode. Um, and then also on the line, we broke down all the potential milestones last episode, but Carlos Rodon, NL strikeout title is still in play. Yeah, it is. And I actually think if I had to bet now, I would say I would, I would bet on him because he is one behind Corbin Burns and you know, there's a decent chance that, that by the time Burns's next turn comes up, he won't be needed. So they could be eliminated. And I, you know, that's a guy who's there longer term than Rodon is. Rodon very much wants to finish out this season and make every start. And, uh, and you know, I think prove to everybody going into the offseason that he's healthy and, and deserving of 110, 115, 120, whatever it ends up being, million. Um, but yeah, he has a shot. He's got a shot, and then we talked about last week how he has a long shot at Madison Bumgarner's recce, record for strikeouts by a lefty. I, recce? Lefty? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Mad Bum, he needs 12 
to uh to get to Madbum's record. Or no, sorry, he needs 14. 14. He's only got 10 in his last uh in his last game. But he's had 12 and five innings this year. So he could do a a insane game, a six inning game maybe, and uh and end up with 14. We'll see. Stranger things have happened, but that's at least one thing we can keep an eye out for in San Diego, hopefully. It's all we got. It's all we got. <laughs> We're here for something. Come on, give us something. Um, well, I want to talk to you about what you talked with with the Brandons because I always love getting those two guys together, hear what they have to pal around about, goof off about. But first, Giants Talk is presented by Togo's. Togo's is introducing the new pastrami cheesesteak to their tasty cheesesteak lineup featuring a quarter pound of hot pastrami, sautéed mushrooms, roasted red peppers, smothered with melted American cheese, available only at Togo's. So Alex, it's looking more and more like this is the final seasons where the Brandons uh, are together in the orange and black doing their Brandon thing. It's been so cool getting to know these two ballplayers, these two great dudes in Giants uniforms. Uh, how was this this chat you had with them? It was a lot of fun and it was something, you know, I've I've been a full time beat writer here since 2012. Uh, my first game as a beat writer was Crawford's first opening day. Um in 2011, I was a backup who was actually here the day Belt had the famous, you know, do you want a beer moment? Yeah. Um, I think that is actually probably my first like tiny, tiny scoop was like he walked out of that office and I was standing in the hallway and and he had like tears in his eyes. And I was like, did you make the team? And he was like, yeah. And I tweeted like Belt made the team. And I think it's funny looking back. I think it has like 20 retweets because it was like early, early <laughs> Twitter. But um yeah, I've covered these guys forever. I don't I have never sat down with both of them at the same time. And so it was fun to to get them together. Um I do think this is Belt's last year here. I don't know if he's done playing, but um you know, I hope people enjoy this interview because I I don't actually know that they've done this too often. Like they've done the they were trying to figure out as well. I, and we were all thinking like, yeah, you've done a bunch of commercial shoots and and things like that. I don't know that they've ever sat down for this long and just kind of talked over their careers and um and yeah it, it was a ton of fun and i also think you know there were obviously they take a lot of shots to each other but i think there were some genuine moments in there too where you could see in here where you can see the friendship and, and how much it has meant to each other to, to watch you know their careers it's uh it's awesome can't wait to listen to it let's dive in and hear from alex and the brandons right here on giants talk it's raining cash at Grayton Resort and Casino. Play to enter the Cascade of Cash giveaway on October 21st, where you could win up to $25,000. Plus, more ways to win than anywhere else. Tuesdays, turn points into slot play. Multiplier Wednesdays, get up to seven times the points. Thursdays, win up to $15,000 in the wild winning slot tournaments. Learn more at GraytonResortCasino.com. Complete rules available at the Reward Center. Honda is your gateway to spring adventure. Thousands of new Civics, Accords, SUVs, and more are arriving daily. So come in and buy or reserve yours today. For details, ask anyone who owns a Honda or visit NorCalHondaDealers.com. All right, Brandons, I have talked to you guys both individually for over a decade now. I don't think I've ever interviewed you together. And we don't know how many more opportunities we'll have. Hopefully more opportunities, but maybe not. So I wanted to get you together. And, and I have to start with this because we haven't seen a whole lot of you, Brandon Belt. I think I'm just going to have to call you Belt and Crawford the rest That's of this. But, that works. Um, how are you doing physically? How's the knee holding up? 
uh, knee's doing great. Um, been doing a lot of rehab, a lot of therapy. Um, honestly, it feels way better than I expected it to at this point. I'm about three weeks out and uh, from surgery, and um, I I definitely feel better than I I did pre-surgery. So uh, I'm not even running yet. So I, I think that's a good sign. I'm really optimistic about it. Um, but overall, yeah, I feel great. You've maintained that you want to play next year if you can. Are you still pretty optimistic just with where you feel physically? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if I don't, it's, it's not going to be because of my knee. Um, I think my knee is going to be strong and, and be ready to play next year. Um, so hopefully that's what happens, you know, and we never predict the future. Um, but I, I think physically I'll be ready to play next year. I talked to both of you last spring, and it was potentially your last year for both of you with the Giants. And it obviously hasn't worked out that way, but I remember you said you, you want to relish that final kind of go around. You've had another year now. Have you looked at this year and Crawford a little bit differently? Is, is maybe this is it? Maybe we, we do enjoy some last time together? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is probably – I mean, I don't know, like I said, what's going to happen. But uh, coming in this year, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to just kind of uh, – take in all these uh, you know cool moments of, of being together since we don't know what's going to happen next year and I think I've been able to do that it's been a tough year though physically and, and team wise but for the most part I've been able to take it all in and enjoy it have you enjoyed getting this you know at least one more season than maybe could have expected a year and a half ago or yeah definitely I mean when I when I signed the contract last um, last August to stay on for two more years I was I was really excited about it um, just because um, you know, I get two more years here, and, it, and last year wasn't going to be my last and didn't have to go through free agency and all that uh, craziness. So, um, I mean, just thinking back to, to that moment, I was I was really happy. And, um, you know, like, like Belt said, it's obviously this year hasn't gone that great for us uh, as a team and individually. But, um, you know, fortunately, I do have one more year. And um, I think during the season you kind of – you kind of take um, take games and moments for granted sometimes. So, um, you know, getting towards the end of the year, it's kind of nice to, to reflect back on and uh, kind of appreciate sometimes more um, here at the end of the season. I want, I want to take you guys back 12 years. I think you met in 2010 in spring training. Uh, much different looks for everybody, much different times for everybody. I think you had a shaved head, if I have been told correctly. What do you remember about meeting each other? I think it was in, wait, was it in double A? Or was it spring training? Were you in spring training in 2010? I played like one game in 2010. Yeah, so I, 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 was one th I one think I, I remember him because he was goofy looking. Um, oh, that's, yeah. But but I don't actually remember meeting him in spring training. But I definitely do in, in Richmond in AA that year when he got called up, uh, I think, pretty quick. Uh, but then you got hurt, right? In 2010, yeah. Okay. And so then I think you had to triple A. Yeah. Yeah. Was it aside from the connection of both being Brandon's, which obviously has been, you know, a marketing boon for this organization? How did you become close? I mean, you guys have been walkered together. I know you've lived close to each other. How did that friendship build? I mean, I think it's kind of hard not to build that friendship when you've played with each other. Uh, gosh, I always feel weird saying that. Play baseball with each other um, since you know you were in the minors and uh, you come up through the minors together, and now you're on the big leagues with each other and. Um, you know, throwing to each other every day, taking grounders. Um, you kind of you kind of uh, get a connection there, and um, you know we both have kids too, and you know they they uh, they play together, and uh, you know I think it's just all around, 
um, just being around each other so much has helped us become uh, friends, but it, you know, also kind of like brothers when we get annoyed of each other every now and then too. <laughs> Basically, we were forced into being friends, I yeah. think is what yeah. he said. By yeah. being Brandon's yeah. Yeah. at infielders. Well, just and yeah. Murph putting us together in the locker room. Yeah. We were basically forced into it. Got it. You mentioned that we become like brothers, and I'm sure there have been a lot of you know, minor disagreements over the years. I have enjoyed, it's been very good for us as reporters that you have spent a decade kind of taking little shots at each other post game. But have there ever been any moments where you really, I've never seen you guys seem like you, you really were angry at each other or, or particularly disappointed? I don't think so. Um, I think most of the time that, I think probably every time we like take shots or whatever at each other, it's all in fun and joking around. And um, that's just part of our relationship, I guess, and friendship. Do you remember ever being particularly angry with the other Brandon? No, I think he's probably been angry at me a few times when I didn't make the scoop over at first base. <laughs> but no, I, I think when we're on the field, we're, you know, we want the other guy to be on the field with us. And I don't know, like I said, there's just that connection there. We don't get too, too angry with each other. I think because when we're off the field, we try to avoid each other as much as much <laughs> as possible. Um, no, that's not true. But yeah, well, I think it's, it's been all good for the past, you know, 12 years. You know, I did ask him last year, I asked both of you last year, what is your favorite memory of the other one? And uh, one thing he said was all the scoops you have made. So I, I think he is, he will cherish that for the rest of his career. I got a favorite, I got a favorite of his. Oh, yeah? I think the last year when we were at Ranger Stadium and he got to go out on the field by himself for, uh, you know, starting, uh, holding the record for game started by shortstop, I thought that was pretty cool. Amongst all the other things that he's, that he's done, um, including the Grand Slam in Pittsburgh um, and the wild card game. But to me, that, that was really cool. And that's something that, um, you know, I wish I could have done, um, something I look up to. So it was, it was it was awesome. Does anything stand out for you about the other Brandon in terms of, you know, obviously a bunch of big moments over the years, and then I think you, you won over the rest of the fan base by putting a C on your chest. So <laughs> any moment that stands out to you over the last decade? Um, I think, you know, the big the big moments, like the, the home run in the, in the 18th and in uh, 2014, um, you know, like I mentioned last year, the number of the probably thousands of scoops he's made for me at first. Um, the C was was pretty funny last year since it was put on as a joke and then he actually kept it on for the game. <laughs> um, they were joking. I was serious about it. You were dead like, serious hey, about they, that. They was, was, you don't give me a C and expect me not to take it. So. He was the only one that was serious about it. But uh, <laughs> So, I mean, that that definitely stands out. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to think of just single moments when, you know, we've been friends for so many years and played together for so many years. So... Um, I don't know. I'll think about it another time and let you know. <laughs> Were you surprised when you actually saw him with the C on his, his chest? Yeah, I mean, in like the middle the of the game when he it, was but... like patting it on his chest when he got a base hit or something like that. Um, I think we couldn't believe that he still had it on. <laughs> I think Brad Grimes was freaking out inside too because MLB was getting mad about was it. Coming. But, yeah. um, but we all loved it. Hey, Farhan, I think, either Farhan or Scott, texted Brad though and said if well I can't say exactly what they said but they said they would pay the fine if, if you MLB, yeah it. so they they thought it was great too and once they gave their approval it was it was on at that point I was I'm the captain forever so, whether official. it's a joke or not I'm wearing the seat you guys when you when you both came up I mean there were certain things both of you as players had to 
had to overcome reputationally. I mean, you came up as kind of known as a glove first player. You turned into an MVP candidate over the years. And you, uh, you know, early in your career, I mean, there were trips back and forth to, to AAA, and there were times they stuck you in the outfield. There were times where you were platooned quite a bit. When you look at the other one's career, what stands out about maybe the growth you have seen from Crawford? And, and for, same with you, the, the growth you've seen from, from Brandon Belt as a player. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you said it, just going from a uh, guy that could pick it, was a wizard at shortstop, to being an MVP candidate is, is definitely, um, you know, something that you could, you could that, was an, that was an obvious change, I think, um, you know, more so than just change, you know, it was, he was just a guy that you could rely on to be out there every single game, no matter what was going on. And uh, I think that's something that anybody would be jealous of. I am, I know f for sure. Um, but yeah, it didn't matter what kind of pain or injury he was going through. You could you could rely on him to be out there, and I think that's you know something that he'll be remembered for. Uh, and I think with Belt, like kind of along the same lines, is he just continued to grow as a player, um, whether it's at first base or or in the box. And um, I think a. I think kind of a big difference for him than, than for me was there wasn't really ever a major change um, to his swing. It was like, it was, it's pretty similar, I think, to when you came up and um, you never really, you always had a really good eye and um, never really wavered off of that. Like if, if the pitch wasn't in the zone, you weren't swinging at it. And I think that's what, um, you know, from, from the dugout looking out there, we know if you, if you were arguing a call, you were probably right. <laughs> Um, he was usually more accurate than the umpire. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's, um, you know, that was always a big key to, for him. And then, um, you know, eventually just growing into a, a better and better hitter um, and finally hit homers last year. Yeah. About time. <laughs> but, I, know, I, uh, I had a bunch of people tell me when I came up, not a bunch, but some fans were like, you were supposed to hit 40 home runs when you came up in the big leagues. You suck. You're terrible. I was like, dang, man, this is a, that's a lot of expectations. But. You know, I yeah. finally got close to it last year. But I, I agree with him. I think it's less physical and it was more mental with me and just getting the right mental approach. And I think that's that helped me, you know, take a, a step forward the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, being so close, you grew up a Giants fan. I, I think you, you know a lot of Giants fans. So when you saw, and he mentioned it, some of the people who expected him to come up and, and hit 330 and hit 40 home runs because of what he did in San Jose. No, that was Buster's fault. They, Buster, Buster came up Buster and tore it up. Too. They wanted me to do the same yeah. thing. So thanks a lot. You guys, when you came up, I mean, obviously we were the two young guys on the team, but always connected. And I remember a time where, you know, you, you were on fantasy teams with a veteran guy who would maybe stake you. And, and you were, I know a lot of veterans had a fun time with you over the years. At what point of your career did you realize that it had shifted and you guys were the veterans in the clubhouse and you guys were the leaders of the clubhouse? This year? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no. I would After say the, you put the C on? Yeah, I, I would say it felt like that probably the last couple of years. I mean, maybe 2020. Mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of felt like that more so last year. Um, and I know that seems like a long time to not feel like a, a veteran, but that's just the way, you know, you never feel like you really make it up here. And not to say that feeling like a veteran feels like you you have made it in the big leagues, but I, I feel like I got to a point where I could kind of, um, you know, just – spread spread what knowledge I've gained with the younger guys coming up and um, try to you know help them become successful big leaguers and stuff like that so honestly really the last couple of years but m more so I would say in 2021. For you I mean we Ford Proctor hits his grand slam last night and we asked him about you hitting a grand slam and he says yeah I watched it I mean obviously Dubon came up here and 
said, yeah, I, I watched Brandon. Was there a point where you realized that you've been doing this a long time and, and some of these guys who come up maybe idolize you? Um, yeah, I mean, the last few years we've had, I feel like we've had a lot of guys that that are younger and, uh, you know, whether at second base or at first base or something like that, mostly second base because it's usually shortstops or second basemen where they're like, oh, man, you were the shortstop I loved watching when I was when I was growing up, and I'm like, man, that, <laughs> thanks, so that thanks makes for the me growing feel up, old, yeah. Yeah. like, growing up, like, you're, like, in high yeah. school, at least, right, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was a, um, I'm trying to think of his name now, uh, Grissom for the, for the, the Braves, Braves second bit, yeah. he's 21, and he's like, yeah, I remember watching you in the World Series in, like, 2014, it's like, yeah, he was 13 years old <laughs> at the time, so, um, so, I mean, yeah, stuff like that, kind of just makes me feel old but it's also nice that um you know a lot of these guys were paying attention and you know modeling how they played shortstop or something like that after me are you um, able to appreciate it more maybe than you were the first couple times you heard it uh yeah yeah i mean it's, <laughs> it's always nice to hear that you know um like grissom said that he i taught him how to play shortstop basically by watching by watching me play so um stuff like that's definitely cool to hear whether or not it makes me feel old what was I mean? I got a question for yeah, him. You can ask. As what many what, what as you was want. the moment whenever you came up when you're like, "Holy crap! I'm playing against guys that I looked up to." Uh, was there a certain player that you were like, "Holy crap! I'm in the big leagues right I now." I feel like it. I don't know. I feel like it kind of happened in spring training, but um, like what I think Manny Ramirez grounded out to me one time in spring, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Manny yeah. Ramirez just grounded out to me," and then like Vladdy, uh Senior hit probably the hardest ball I think I've ever fielded even to this point yeah. um, so like those guys where it's like wow these are like stud yeah. players that I grew, that I grew up watching that yeah. they hit ground balls to me I think that that was I definitely remember those two um, actually being in the big leagues I don't I don't even I don't know yeah mine was I think uh, Albert Pujols the first time yeah. I played against the Cardinals and uh, he was on first base, and I was just in, in shock. And uh, I think, honestly, I, I played off the bag um, with only a runner on first base, so I completely screwed up when he was on base. And uh, I felt like an idiot. Matt Kane yelled at me from the mound, but I was just still kind of in, like, that shocked phase of, like, oh, I'm playing against one of the, the best players of all time. So I thought that was pretty cool. You have um... – you bring me to another question I had. You've played first base with him so many times, and he has robbed so many people over the years. I'm sure some guys have come over to first base and been a little bit salty about something that your friend did to them either earlier that game or, or uh, the day before. Have you had many conversations with guys? I remember you told me one time in 2018, coaches were coming up to you and saying, you know, he's the best player in the National League yeah. right now. But do you get guys saying, like, hey, can you tell Crawford to maybe take it easy on that Yeah, ball? No, they, actually they said he's the best player on the planet. Um, I remember the A's first base coach saying that to me. Um, I think the one thing I remember the most is probably Yachty. Wasn't that you that threw Yachty out and he like slammed his helmet? Uh, <laughs> then he got thrown out of the game because the umpire thought he was throwing his helmet at him. But I think he was just pissed he got thrown out. He thought he had a good hit. Crawford took it away from him um, and he got so upset. But I, I got used to it. I mean, I knew whenever the ball was hit that he was probably going to get to it, so I didn't. I never took it for granted. Like I didn't go to first base. I always yeah. went to first base and turned around expecting the ball to be on its way. So, um, but yeah, people comment all the time. You know, like I can't believe you got to that ball or something like that. You know, but it was, it was pretty cool. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that every Sorry. day for my entire <laughs> career. Yeah, it sucks. 
You, you guys have both been with the Giants your whole career, and, and a lot, basically everything has changed. I mean, not just the staff, not just the front office, but the clubhouse has changed. I mean, the clubhouse employees have changed. When you look back on your career and, and look back on your time with the Giants and, and what's ahead, what sticks out to you as maybe what has changed the most about this organization since you were drafted? I mean, I think we, I think what you notice first is probably the players that, you know, we grew up or we, we came up playing with and, um, you know, pretty much all of them are now gone. So um, I think the, the rotation of players, that's, that's what you, that's what you notice most um, just because you're out here in the dugout with them every day, on the field with them every day in the clubhouse. Um, and... Um, just the the amount of different players that we've had throughout our careers, and I mean, you look at this year where we mm-hmm. we broke the record for the number of players used, um, which was a record from I think 2019. Yeah. So <laughs> we've been through both of those years uh, where it's just like a rotation of players. So I think that's probably what you notice most, and um, I don't know. That's how that's how I feel. So. I, I think what I've noticed the most is what what hasn't changed, and it seems like the you know, since I've come up, the front office has been really dedicated to winning ball games, and they tried to put a winning team on the field every single season that I've been uh, playing for the Giants, and hadn't always worked out. But um, they they put in the effort um, to 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 put a winning team out on the field, and that's something I I'm very appreciative of. I mean, it's tough um, playing those seasons when you feel like you don't have a chance to win a game, and I didn't have very many seasons like that, so I'm I'm pretty happy it was it ended up being that way. You mentioned all the players that have come through the last couple years. And just in general, I mean, you and I have talked about there's probably now like 150 guys who have played left field behind you at shortstop. You've taken throws from hundreds of guys. And I'm sure you've made a lot of friends over the way, aside from just each other and other infielders. Who would Giants fans be surprised that maybe you're still in touch with or you see in the offseason? Are you still talking to Terrio? Uh, he only gets old to me when he needs something. Yeah. <laughs> That's generally what happens yeah. is people that, that that leave, they'll talk to you when they need something, and that's about it. But, yeah, I remember him and Terrio being, like, pretty close when he was here. I was I always wondered if they still talked. Buster every now and then. Yeah, he's gone, Buster. so that counts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he's obviously more recently gone, but... Um... Yeah, he's still he's still in touch with us. Maybe a little bit less than I had hoped, but yeah. Um, but when yeah, Buster left baseball, around. he left baseball. He left, well, he's your yeah. boss now. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I know. Uh, and that's Javi, why. I mean, Javi's still yeah. around, I guess, a little yeah. bit with uh, doing the broadcasting, but um, he would text me even when he wasn't around every once in a while. Yeah. What do you think about fantasy football? <laughs> yeah, he, too, so. he was. He still has to keep in touch. What do you yeah. think about uh, what Buster has done and, and being part of the ownership group? I mean, I, I think it's cool that he's still um, part of the organization and hopefully going to, um, you know, at least bridge the gap a little bit between owners and players with him being, um, you know, obviously a player here for a long time and like a, a recently retired player. So um, hopefully kind of uh, help out um, from that standpoint just to, to bridge the gap on, on some of these issues that it seems like players and owners are so far apart from sometimes. You maybe don't have to deal with it as much, but uh, you haven't been around as much. But have you have you talked to Buster since he became an owner of the team? Or? Yeah, I asked him the other day if he was going to get rid of me or not <laughs> this offseason, and uh, he, he didn't answer. He basically <laughs> said they'd take me back for nothing, but that's about it. So. <laughs> uh, a bag of balls maybe. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's pretty cool that he gets to do that. I mean, I haven't seen that too often, if at all, in baseball where – 
you know, a guy as part of the ownership group after they after they leave. But if there's anybody that should be doing that, it's Buster. I mean, for what he's meant to this team and this city, um, you know, it's, it's it's cool to see him to be a part of that for the next, you know, however many years. Hopefully, a lot of baseball left for both of you guys. But have you started to think? I mean, you, you see George Contos, who is a teammate and friend, is is on you know the set with me now. Javi Lopez is is in the broadcast booth. Buster is in the ownership suite. Have you started to think about what you want to do after your playing days are over? Is it going to be fishing? Is it going to be coaching your sons, or or could you be in baseball in in some way? Um, I mean, it's something I've thought more about recently, um, but. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I'll probably take the first season to just be a dad and be at home and kind of see see how that goes. And um, if I feel like I need to do like get back in baseball some way, um, then then you know maybe I, I would try to get back. But um, take the first season and go from there, probably. Yeah, I mean, I think I've kind of set myself up to have something to do when I'm done playing with baseball. I'll be doing some fishing stuff and. Um, you know, some real estate stuff with a couple of my buddies. Um, I would do the broadcasting, but I don't want them to have to fire Contos or <laughs> Javi because of that. So I'll, I'll let them take that for right now. But yeah, I, I just want to be with my boys. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I want to be with my boys and, and coach them in Little League and, and just be around them because I've missed so much of their lives so far. That is very nice of you. I'm sure George and, and Javi will appreciate <laughs> it. I'll finish with this. I mean, you guys have accomplished so much. You've won two titles. You have been all-stars, you've won gold gloves, silver sluggers, um, you became the captain, everything, but I have not seen either of you pitch yet. Is that something that as you get, you know, into your mid-30s and you've seen Luis Gonzalez pitch a ton, Darren Ruff, Pablo, obviously, I mean, is that itch still there? Definitely. Um, it's probably a good thing I haven't done it this year with all the little injuries and yeah. things that have, <laughs> that have bothered me uh, throughout the season, so... If I went out there, I'd probably hurt myself right now, but I uh, definitely would like to at some point. Have you come close, either one of you? Do you, do you think you've come close? I tried talking Cap into it one time, and um, I think he thought about it and then thought better of it. So, Yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it. I can't. My arm hurts too bad most of the time. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I would have to lob it up there. I, you know, maybe back in the day, I'd be throwing, you know, 100, 101, 102, but now it's going to be more like 82. So I, I don't. I'll just save myself the embarrassment. They would probably well, they tell you to log it at they this want point. You to log yeah. It now, yeah. Well, I don't want to go out there and have the underarm submarine guy throw harder than me. <laughs> so if I can't make it over 84, that means somebody that throws underhand can throw harder than me, and I don't like that. So that's actually why he he asked me if I would actually try to pitch or if I would just lob it up, and I said I would obviously yeah. try to pitch. Yeah. And that, I think that's why. He, shut it down. He said, no, yeah, I'm yeah. not lobbing it up there. I'm going out there to pitch. So next so. time I'm going to say that I'm going to lob it and then I'm not. Yeah, go out yeah. there. Just throw the curveball. You've been throwing a belt sure for the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I will work on Capper for you guys. Guys, it has been a ton of fun covering you. I hope I still am going forward, but you never know what happens in an offseason. So we had to get you together. I appreciate you both taking the time to, to have some fun here in front of Giants fans. Yeah, no, no problem. problem. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.